It's week nine of the Texas high school football season, and it's episode 10, Kenny, of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Ryan Fox here, joined alongside the aforementioned Mr. Kenny Heath. Kenny, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, what a week. This is going to be, uh, it's been, it, you're going to hear it a couple of times on the podcast with our interviews, but this is going to be a great week of football. It's all over Twitter. They, everybody, I mean, matchup after matchup after matchup. This is going to be a good one. I mean, it's like, you can't, I can't even think of the last time we saw a, just one single week with this many slated games. And when's the last time you could say that there was, in one week, two defending state champions were playing each other, two sets of defending state champions were playing each other for district championships? That's just crazy, Kenny. Uh, yeah, uh, unheard of. Yeah, it's it's just a crazy slate of games this week, and we got a great show for you to get today. We'll have a great show for you guys today. We'll be visiting with the head coach of the China Spring Cougars, Tyler Beatty, as they uh, get ready for their big-time matchup against Stephenville. We'll also be visiting with Greg Tepper, the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and we'll also be visiting with the head coach of the Grandview Zebras, Coach Ryan Ebner, as they battle as, as they prepare for their battle for the District 7 championship in Class 3 Division 1 against the West Trojans. And that's just that's a game, Kenny, we'll talk about it later on, but that's a game that's kind of just flown under the radar. I mean, those are two really, really good football teams, both 6-1. and one, They're going to be battling for a district championship this week. Yeah, in the last, I don't know, two uh, cycles, it's turned into a heck of a, a rivalry. You know, yeah. They're not, there's not – what, 30, 45 miles separate them down 35, maybe 30 miles down 35? Yeah, and just about. And the last four, four times these teams have played, it's been split 2-2. So it's been a really competitive game when both those teams play. But then again, uh, we'll, we'll mention it further down the road as teaser that will be one of the games that we preview. But before we get to our previews, we will start every week. We will start as we do every week with our Matt Step question of the week. And the question that Kenny gave to Matt Stepp this week was, we had some movement in the 3A Division I state rankings this week with a great slate of games involving ranked teams this week. Do you see more movement coming next week? And then Matt Stepp's answer was, quote, with several matchups involving top 10 teams this week, I can almost guarantee that there will be plenty more movement over the weekend when we work on this new top 10. This is easily the best set of regular season games across the state of Texas in 2022. There's elite matchups in every class and every region of the state. And again, as we mentioned earlier, right there, Matt Stepp just hit the nail right on the head, Kenny. Yeah, and you know, not just local. I mean, it's all over the state. Uh, I mean, up in the Panhandle, I'm really interested in the Bush Shallow Water game. That's going to, you know, Bush's, Bushland has been rocking and rolling. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't know if they've, you know, they beat some good teams, but this is kind of a, a, a district robbery, so it'll be interesting to see what happens up there. And then down south, you know, in Class 2A, you have Refurio taking on Shiner. That's a battle of two gauntlets right there, too. I mean, just, and there's plenty more where that came from, I promise you, especially in our area of Texas in the Super Centex region of Texas. And, uh, you know, again, before we dive into our week nine previews, as we mentioned before, Kenny had a chance to sit down with, he's going to hate me for this, the Greg Tepper, the one and only <laughs> Greg Tepper. He's going to hate that. But uh, here, here is Kenny's interview with Greg Tepper, the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. All right, I'm here with Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Greg, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I'm thrilled to be talking a little Central Texas football with you boys. Okay, so we you've already alluded to it on Twitter. There, There's a ton of games across the state that are really good games. Well, we've got our share here in Central Texas. Uh, let's start off in 5A D1 with Lake Belton at number nine, Middle Oakian. Give us a quick hit on that. What, what do you think about that game? Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating matchup. Midlothian just into the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings this, this week, and their offense has really been humming. Uh, Chad Ragel, their kind of dual-threat quarterback, has been very strong. they got a big-time wide receiver on the outside in Bryant Wesco. Uh, of course, Lake Belton you know, is a team that we've had high, we had high hopes for coming into the year as a first-year uh, kind of UIL program, not first-year varsity program, because of what they did last year, and I think that they are uh, obviously deserving of the hype. Uh, Micah Hudson, the wide receiver, is a star. Uh, a lot of this is going to come 
down to how well this Lake Belton defense, which has been okay, how well they match up against what's pretty uh, a pretty uh, outstanding uh, Midlothian attack. So that's the real question in this one. I think this has a chance to be a real high-scoring kind of shootout because there's big weaponry on either side of the ball, uh, or uh, rather on, on both sides. And so I think this game's going to be fascinating. And I think Lake Belton's got a great chance. You know, this is going to be a, a really interesting test for this Midlothian team. How do they handle success? That's the real question here. Uh, and, and so if Lake Belton can go on the road and get this, this would be a real signature win for them. Okay, and now we have a huge showdown in China Spring with number one Steamville coming to town, uh, 4A D1. So you got defending state champ versus defending state champ. Tell us about that. Yeah, in, in a week that is one of the best weeks of Texas high school football regular season action that we've seen in quite some time, this is the showcase matchup. Number one versus number two, defending state champions, defending shape stamp, like belt for belt basically is like a title unification match <laughs> yeah. here. Uh, and, and, and I love this I love this matchup because of all the little nuances that go into it. Uh, you know, the, I think the quarterback plays really interesting. It sounds like Stephenville quarterback Ryder Lambert may be back for this game. He, he, he kind of came in in relief uh, last Last week, uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks, it looks like he's healthy. They've got Tate Maruska, their running back. Their offensive line is big and physical. Uh, I have questions about the Stephenville defense, but they have been playing better of late. Going up against China Spring, big questions about them coming into the year. How are they going to replace Major Bowden, the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year? Well, they did it with Cash McCollum, who has been terrific. This offense is a little bit different than it was last year. Um, and, and so this is, but they're they're still running the ball particularly well with Trey Hafford. Uh, they have a number of, of playmakers on this China Spring team. And I think their defense has been a little bit more consistent. Plus, being at home uh, gives them a little bit of an advantage. But this is a coin flip type game. I think Stephenville wants to get the score up, up, up. And for uh, for China Spring, they probably want to keep this game uh, in the 30s at the most. That would be kind of where they want to live. So, fascinating matchup. And it wouldn't be a surprise if this is the first of two meetings between these two squads. Up next, we have... West going to number three Grandview, which I think West is probably a top ten type team uh, going to number three Grandview. Tell us about that one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, you know, the, the Dave Campbell Six Football rankings are kind of a collaborative effort, but I'll tell you that West is 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 like de facto 11 or 12 right now. And so that's what makes this game so interesting. You know, we know exactly what David Woodard's bunch want to do. Uh, you know, they want to run the ball uh, and play great defense. That's just kind of a, a, a way that they go about their business. And they've got a couple of playmakers like Zane Mine and, uh, and Coy, Coy Klish who have been really good on, on the ground. Plus, they're playing really good defense. They do have that one loss on the year, but it was way back in, in week two. It was a one-score loss to Lorena. Uh, I don't put a ton of stock into that, considering how good Lorena is these days. Um, and going up against Grandview, Grandview, I think it's going to be the more explosive team. Guys like uh, Case and English on the outside, they're going to have an ab- ability to get there. Oh, I-, I think, actually, you know, this is a game determined by pace. You know, if you're Grandview, uh, you probably want to get your get out and run. You want to go and, and let loose with your guys. You know, if you go back to their, their loss you know, up against Glen Rose, a lot of it came down to the fact that, yeah, they were given that they gave up 43 points. They just kind of couldn't get that offense going. That's kind of a question. Can they get that offense going? For for uh, for West, they, they ultimately want to squeeze the game. Like, they've got playmakers, and they can go score for score with you, but David Woodard would, would much rather win a game 14 to 10 than he would 44 to 40. Absolutely. So, that's, I think, going to be a really interesting kind of test case of who can dictate the pace of this game uh, here in a loaded region and, and a real kind of a litmus test for both these squads as far as where they stand uh, once the playoffs roll around. And speaking of Lorena, you have number one Franklin headed there uh, to number 10 Lorena. Another uh, state champion versus state champion game. Yeah, I mean, what a week. (laughs) This is is incredible. Um, So Lorena has two losses, but that's not necessarily a surprise for them considering the schedule that they play. You know, you're talking about a team that that has a a loss in the opener to to China Spring, no shame in that. And then a bit of a a little bit of a surprising loss, like, uh, you know, or, you know, as as well uh, for their second loss. Uh, But this is a team that's got the X factor in Jaden Porter. Uh, The the Baylor commit has been a super duper star on the outside. 
decide how well does Franklin match up to them. For Franklin, they are unbeaten, but I would say not untouchable. They struggled a little bit in their uh, last week to start against Troy before they really kind of stood on the gas pedal and ran away with it. One thing that I think is going to be interesting is going to be how well they spread the ball around Jaden Jaden Jackson, their running back in Bryce in Washington. Got a number of different backs. What makes Franklin so hard to play against is that their offense is so explosive, their running game is so explosive, that if you make one mistake, they're going 80. Like, that's what's, that's, you got to play a perfect defensive game almost. And so that's the challenge for Lorena. I think we're in for a real slam bang affair in this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think I lean a little bit towards Franklin, but this is a fascinating matchup. And again, in a loaded region there in region three, uh, it would not be a surprise if this is the first of two meetings. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, real quick, number nine, down at uh, 2A Division Two, you got number nine, Granger, at number five, Chilton. Yeah, uh, is this maybe the best district in Texas? Like, yes. It's got an oh, argument. Lee, when, when you, well, I mean, when you take a look at this, I mean, obviously these two teams, but then you factor in the other kind of uh, big affair in this in this District 13 2A Division Two with Brevon and unbeaten Milano. I mean, yeah. this is a really fun fun district down there. You know, Granger's I think a bit of a surprise, but Stephen Broch has done a fantastic job uh, with this uh, with this Granger Lions team. Uh, I think that what they bring to the table in a lot of ways, uh, most especially, is a very is kind of a balanced attack. They're able to beat you in a variety of different ways, and that's what makes them, I think, particularly dangerous. If one thing's not working, they can go to another thing. If, if they're not able to throw the ball, uh, you know, with with Nathan Tucker, then they're able to just turn the ball and hand the ball to, to, to DJ McClellan 40 times. They need to. You know, they've got a lot of different ways that they can beat you. Make no mistake, they want to get the ball done, get it done on the ground, but I think that they have a variety of different weapons. But this is a real litmus test for them coming into this game because, uh, you know, they, they, they've got last week the really nice win over over Bremond. they got to be even better this week against Chilton. Because Chilton, Chilton's looking something serious right now, especially on the defensive side. They're big and they're physical and they mash you up front. And, and they're also the kind of team that kind of wears you down as the game goes on. So for me, the big key for me in, in this game for Granger is to keep this game, uh, you know, is, is to be in this game into the fourth quarter and then kind of hopefully kind of survive that late because Chilton is big and deep and physical. They're going to try to outmuscle you and wear you down. So if Chilton, can, or rather, if, uh, if if Granger can stay in this game late, they've got an opportunity. But I do think that Chilton's probably your favorite in this game. And then, since you mentioned it, how about number 10, Milano at uh, Bremont, who just dropped out of the top 10 last week? Yeah, and, and this is, I mean, this is, right now we'll find out everything we need to know about Milano over the next three weeks uh, because their schedule is extremely backloaded. I'm not here to tell you that Milano is not a worthy 6-0. and You are what your record says you are, and I think, but at the same time, this is, in my opinion, pretty clearly the best, biggest test they have by a factor of about 10 this year, and especially the, the past couple of weeks, or the last three weeks, they go Bremond, at Bremond, home to Granger, at Chilton. That is murder. <laughs> row type stuff. Uh, we will find out everything we need to know about, about Nick Moorhead's bunch here, but I'll tell you that I, I tend to be a bit of a believer. I, I think I don't think that they're just a product of scheduling. I think that they have a little something cooking. Uh, their defense has been spectacular all year long, and look, they're able to grind it on the ground. They play the, the, the buzzword this year in football is complimentary football. They play complimentary football. They run the ball really well with Joshua Miller and Andres Ruelas and, and Ethan Gordon. They spread it around, and that keeps their defense fresh. And so th- now this is going to be a huge test for their defense going up uh, against uh, this this high-powered, really really fun uh, Bremond attack uh, who has a number of players. Braylon Wortham, their quarterback, is the real stinking deal. He's the real deal. Uh, this is the, this is a huge test for Milano defense. Uh, you know, we're going to find out. We're going to find out, and, and, and Milano, I think, has a great opportunity to do it, but this is definitely their biggest test to date. Hey, Greg, we appreciate you hopping on, man. Uh, thank you. It means a lot. And uh, have a good week. And I know you're going to be busy, but we appreciate it. Yeah, happy, happy to talk with you guys. And that was Kenny's interview with Greg Tepper, the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Big thanks to Mr. Tepper for joining us. And Kenny, that man is a walking encyclopedia, isn't he? Yeah, he basically did our job for us. I don't know that we can <laughs> tell you anything about these games that he didn't uh, – didn't just say, but we'll try not to uh, regurgitate too much of the information. It's, I mean, it'll be hard not to. There's just 
as he pointed out, all these games are just unbelievably good this week. And we'll start out again with a really good one. Lake Belton at 7-1, and one, hitting on the road to take on the undefeated Midlothian Panthers. And Kenny, looking at this matchup, you know, this is a battle between a very good Lake Belton offense that puts up just under 50 points per game. And he... And it's going against a Midlothian defense that only gives up 11 per game. So something's got to give here. Yeah, Midlothian's got a good defense. They got a really good defensive tackle on Kay Tompkins. Uh, that dude's a stud. Uh, they've got a trio of running backs that can uh, run the ball. They've got a four-star wide receiver in Bryant Westco. They got a good quarterback in Ragel. So they can score some points also. But then you look at Lake Belton, and they're loaded too with Connor Cruz and Micah Hudson and uh, mm-hmm. Robert Robin Wilkerson. Uh, at running back. Yeah. And then you have the stud uh, Wilcox on defense, and he kind of plays a little offense too. So it's going to be a battle, man. It's going to be the biggest test of the year for both teams. And I, this will ultimately decide the district championship for sure. And Lake Belton, as you know, we've said throughout the year, this is their first year of UIL competition. And this is the, and because of that, this is going to be the biggest biggest game in program history after this point. So they're. I think it's not a stretch to say they'll just bring everything they got because it's probably going to be their toughest opponent of the year so far too. Uh, Lake Belton's one loss on the year was a it was a one point loss to Colleen Shoemaker, who also played Midlothian tough. They lost to Midlothian by five, so that's a little measuring stick there for both these teams. But this is going to be a great ball game, Kenny. Yeah, and I think like what you said, this is their biggest game to date, and I think every game after this is just as big mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you win this one, then you got to keep your uh, your district lead and then you go to the playoffs and if you lose this one you're gonna have to keep winning so you get mm-hmm. that two seed and, and, and it, uh, it affects your uh, playoff seating uh man i'm gonna go like belton in this one it's it's oh man and every game is gonna be like this it's it's so hard to choose i'm going with midlothian man i think them being at home and their stifling defense i think they're with their offense, that heavy wishbone option, whatever you want to call it, you know, I think because Lake Belton's defense hasn't been great this year. Their offense has really kept them in most of their games. They've gotten better as they've gotten deeper in a district play defensively. I think Midlothian's just really good. They're gonna, I think they're gonna dominate the line of scrimmage, quite frankly, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think their game plan will be play keep away from that explosive Lake Belton offense. And I think they got the, they'll have the game plan, and they definitely have the personnel to do that. And I think that's what they'll do. I think it'll be close throughout most of the game. But I think towards the end, Midlothian's just going to play keep away, take care of the football, run it for four yards a pop, just keep the chains moving. And I think they'll pull away. I have Midlothian in this one. Well, you know, if you look at the schedule since the Shoemaker game, Lake Belton's defense has played a lot better. Yes. And, and t- when we talked to Coach Cope earlier in the year, he really liked his linebackers. So he was hoping everybody was going to mature, get better. And uh, I think, you know, I think uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yes. And I think Lake Belton wins in a shootout. It'll be – gosh, it's, it's a true pick em game. But uh, I'll, I'll go Midlothian in this one. But it'll be a great ball game nonetheless. And then now moving on to our next game, which could very well be the game not just for Central Texas, but the inst- entire state of Texas, Kenny. Stephenville – Undefeated at 7-0, will travel to McLennan County to take on the China Spring Cougars, 7-1 overall, undefeated in district play themselves. I mean, what more can you say, Kenny? The number one versus number two, both defending 4A state champions playing each other, both undefeated in district. And this is for the district championship. I mean, there's just... So many storylines coming into this game as well. Ryder Lambert might be back this week after missing the last few weeks with a lower body injury. I believe it was a broken foot. And these are both teams that have really, really explosive offenses. And something's got to give here. But I think the difference in this game is China Springs defense because China gives up 19 points per game, and that's against some pretty stiff competition as well. And not to say Stephenville hasn't played stiff competition competition as well. They definitely have, but they've been giving up 38 points per game. So, again, I think the difference here is China Springs defense, and especially playing at home, I think that might give them a slight edge here, Kenny. Well, that is a good question. Are you going to see Ryder Lambert, or are you going to see the, the transfer Gafford at quarterback? Mm-hmm. I think that's – 
I think Gafford has done well filling in, but I mean, he, he's Ryder Lambert's Ryder Lambert. And he's their quarterback of the future. I mean, he's a sophomore, yeah. that Gafford kid. So after Lambert graduates this year, or despite however the season ends, he's the man of the future for sure. It's, And I think – I think if you're Stephenville, Ryder Lambert going down has kind of been a blessing in disguise because it – I mean, I don't want to say an injury is a blessing, but it get, it gives, you know, Gafford a chance to you know, get some reps in some really meaningful football games and just l- let you know what you have in that sophomore quarterback. And it gives you a little bit more reassurance that he could be the guy of the future. But I guarantee you Stephenville's not looking past this game one iota this game's going to be an instant classic, if you ask me, Kenny. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And, and you look at China Spring had one loss against uh, Parish Episcopal. Mm-hmm. If you look at Parish Episcopal's schedule, they beat Alito by seven. Mm-hmm. They beat LBJ, Austin LBJ, down the, which is a good, usually a good ball club by 23. Played, played Stephenville in the state championship last yeah, year. Yeah, and then they lost to South Oak Cliff by three. So that's mm-hmm. not a bad loss. Those dudes are, yeah. those dudes are good. So and I think I, I agree with you. I think the key is China Spring's defense. Uh, I think they need to get some pressure on whoever's the quarterback mm-hmm. and uh, and try to stop Tate Mariska. That dude is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can kind of – I don't think you're going to stop him. I think it's probably going to be another high-scoring game, and I think maybe uh, China Spring gets a stop or two when they need it. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially being at home, everyone's going to be jazzed up, man. This is – because both teams know that this is the, the top game in the state. You know, countless news stations are going to be there. Dave Campbell's will probably be there as well. And there's not going to be an empty seat in the house. It's going to be standing room only and then some. It's going to be a great crowd, great atmosphere. And, you know, it's – again, I think it's going to be an instant classic. But I'm with you, Kenny. I think China Spring gets the slide edge for a couple reasons here. They're significantly better, 19 points per game better defensively. And they're playing at home. So I think that gives them the slight edge here. But So I'll take China in this one. What about you? I got China Spring. Mm-hmm. But if you look at this offense that Stephenville had, yeah, they give up 32, but they score 52 a game. Yeah, exactly. And they've got a pair of wide receivers in Poston and, and Gentry that are over 600 yards, mm-hmm. uh, 11 and 18, 8 TDs apiece. Like, we, like I said, Tate Mariska, phenomenal running back. I think he rushed for over 300 yards in the game or maybe more earlier this year. And, you know, I don't know what the you would think if Lambert started at quarterback, they would get better. But like you said, you know, Gafford's played well. Yes. And But that being said, I'm going to go China Spring. And so we have China Spring here. We'll see what Mr. Jay Black says when we do our pickums towards the end of the show. And before we move on to our next game, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the China Spring Cougars, Coach Tyler Beatty. Here's Kenny's interview with Coach Beatty. All right, I'm here with Coach uh, Tyler Beatty, head football coach for the defending state champs, uh, China Spring Cougars. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How's everything going? We're doing good, man. Hey, we appreciate you uh, hopping on with us. Uh, let's start off back when you won the state championship. A couple of months or during the offseason, you get the head coaching job. That's got to be a pretty good feeling. You get, you get two great things happen to you there back-to-back. Yeah, it's a true blessing, no doubt. Um, you know, it's all a product of the people that – been around and uh, the relationships that I was able to build here in China Spring and and uh, it's been real fortunate to be here and get a staff together that's uh, grinding and keeping our eyes on the prize. So let's let's go back. So right after that, I don't know what happened if redistricting happened before you got the job. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't research that, but what were your feelings when you found out? this district that y'all got put in yeah so actually i was whenever i first taken the job melissa was the only team that we had slated for this 2022 year and so i was a part of the process of having to pick up different opponents in the uh, preseason but yeah when we got our district schedule uh, we knew that district was going to be really tough and we needed to play opponents prior to that that were going to have us ready for that yeah, you, you played a pretty good, pretty tough schedule. Uh, your defense has stepped up when it needed to. Uh, I know probably going into this season, you know, you probably thought it was going to be hard to replace Major Bowden at quarterback, but I don't know that you're replacing. You kind of got a different type player in Cash McCollum, but he's been really good this year. He has. You know, yeah, obviously when, when Major left, uh, we knew that that was a, a hole that we had to fill, and 
we had a guy slated in the spring, Jackson Battles. He's one of our receivers for us, and he's played quarterback before in the system, and he's more of a dual threat kind of guy. And so we went through spring with him, and, and we were really pleased with his growth. He did our seven on seven. And then there in, in uh, 5th of July is whenever we actually hired Cash McCollum's dad, Mike McCollum, and he's assistant offensive line coach for us. But um, Cash has come along, and, you know, what's made him really successful, I believe, within our system is the fact that he got here early. He worked with our kids. He started to develop relationships with those guys, and, and they uh, found out very early on that he was here to compete for the job. Nothing was going to be given to him. And uh, they continued to work and, and get better. And he met with coaches during the summertime about scheme and reads and signals. And he's really coming to his own. I'm really, really impressed with, with Cash and how he's come along. So last week you had La Vega. Your defense played really well. Uh, I noticed in the Waco trip you had Ryder Reeves, Jaden Davis, uh, Jalen Trotter, uh, your two-way guy, excellent. Talk about your defense, and, and uh, did they kind of impress you with the way they played against La Vega? And uh, do you think you got them coached up for this week against Stephenville? What was really exciting and impressive uh, all together about our defense this past week was the fact that we've usually gone out there and our first defensive series, uh, maybe not allow a points or a massive drive, but they're out there for some time. And then our offense comes out, and then they strike, and then we're back on defense. Well, you know, our offense only touched the ball one time in the first quarter. And so our defense had to play a lot. And I thought they did a really good job of bowing their necks and, and holding strong and not letting anything really break them. And so for us, that, that was uh, very impressive to see. It's not that it was something that they, we knew they couldn't do. It was the fact that they actually showed us that they were they were capable and, and able to do that. So uh, after last week, we've uh, – Kind of added some new guys into the mix as far as packages for our defense. And uh, Stephenville's very well coached. They've got athletes and massive linemen. And we know we're not going to be able to defeat one-on-one. And so as we go through that, we're going to have to be really, really sound in our technique and, and reading blocks. And then obviously rallying to the football and tackling when we get there. Coach, we got to talk to Greg Tepper earlier today, and you know, he basically he says this is the marquee matchup in the state is y'all versus China uh, Stephenville. So, did you? Was it hard to keep? Even though you had a couple of tough games in this, you know, Alvarado or uh, uh, La Vega, was it hard not to look ahead to this one, or were you able to keep your guys uh, uh, at the, on the task at hand? We, we preach task at hand. You know, we talk about one and all. We talk about worrying about us and not everything outside of us. And it, it's hard. You know, it's hard as an adult to look at that. And it's especially hard for a teenage kid with all the social media outlets and um, all the relationships that they know kids across the state. And so I think they know exactly what they've signed themselves up for. And, you know, we haven't had our bye week yet. And so we've got to play 10 games straight. So it makes it really long. It's a, it's a grueling 10 games and so for us to a stay healthy that's that's a key and then to continue continue to execute at a really high level uh, those are things that we're really gonna have to focus on as this work week comes to an end and we prepare for friday night okay last question and it seems like a dumb one but what are you expecting out of steamville this weekend or this friday night right uh so obviously like I said, they're big up front deep, uh, offensive line, and they've got some guys that can fly. Uh, their defense is really sound. You know, we're, we're interested in to see exactly who's going to come back there uh, at the quarterback position. And uh, I know they're, one of the running backs was banged up against Brownwood. So some personnel questions as far as, you know, who's back there, what they're actually going to do. And, and then ultimately, we've, we've got to outlast you know, we, we've got to make sure that we don't let this thing turn into a shootout and that uh, we, we protect ourselves defensively and, and stay matched up. They do a really good job of once the quarterback's out of the pocket of looking downfield. And, uh, you know, I feel really good about our preparation. And we just got to continue to, to stay focused and not let the amount of fans in the stands and, and all of the outside stuff get to us. But you know, I told them that if they feel pressure, Pressure is good because that means there's expectations, and uh, don't let that pressure, you know, 
break the pipes kind of per se is you know just kind of stay with it and and just uh, roll with the punches and let's get after them. I like that answer. Okay, I like one more question. You're you're a old, you're a defensive coach, right? You're a defensive coordinator. So when you go up against a team, a high scoring offense like Steamville, that you may not be real familiar. You know, you know who they are. Haven't played them a whole lot. Does that kind of get you excited to see like scheme scheme wise, seeing what you can do to maybe hold this team to you know not getting what they're usually, or does it make you nervous because you don't know what to expect? Yeah, no. Uh, we, we've done a really good job preparing for them. You know, the the exciting thing, the part that we love the most about coaching is the fact that it, it's not, you know, coach versus coach. It's players versus players. You know, we've got to prepare our players in a way to go out there and execute at a high level, uh, regardless of scheme. You know, we, we need our guys to go out there and trust in their keys, trust their coaching, trust that their other teammates are going to do their job. They're 111th. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's 16 to 18 year olds going out there and, and busting heads and getting after it. So we, we like our chances. We, uh, our kids fight really hard, and I know Steve is going to bring everything they got. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what we want. So we're excited. We're ready for it. Uh, but thank goodness, you know, we get a couple more days to to repair and get our minds right. Coach, man, we really appreciate you hopping on. I know you're you're busy this week. Uh, we wish you all the luck Friday night going forward. Hope all you, everybody's healthy after the game, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the China Spring Cougars, Coach Tyler Beatty. Thanks again to Coach Beatty for joining us on today's show. And now moving on to our next game, another huge one. This one in Class Three, Division One. And this game will probably be decided, will we'll probably de- decide the District 7 championship in Class 3 Division 1 as the West Trojans take on the Grandview Zebras, Kenny. This is going to be a good one. I mean, yeah. you, you kind of circled this game at the beginning of the year and you knew that more than likely this is going to be for the district championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, West is going to be, you know, as Light Tepper said, no secret. They're going to want to run the ball, play good defense, mm-hmm. uh, burn the clock. Uh, one thing, you know, when we covered West earlier in the year, you know, we talked about McCutcheon. Uh, they got a backup running back in Kane Clish that's really good, or I think his brother's Kane Coy Clish. Uh, Easton Paxson's uh, good on defense, mm-hmm. and he's a good receiver. Jacob Boggs, Cash Fuller, we know those guys. But I had a buddy of mine tell me earlier in the year, he's like, hey, w- w- when you go see West, their quarterback is running the ball really well. And I, and I remember watching mm-hmm. last year and not being, you know, okay, yeah, he can, you know, he's learning. Mm-hmm. But the games that I've seen him play, the kid really runs the ball well. And that that just gives them another dimension. And then uh, uh, Coach uh, Ebner talked about that. And so the Zane Minan quarterback, man, he is he's doing really good. And then you get over to Grandview, and you got Ryder Hayes, who's his mm-hmm. second year running the offense. And you got a pair of running backs in Castillo and Cannon, both really good kids. Uh, of course, everybody knows who Casey English is. He's, he's just a phenomenal athlete. I think Grandview needs to limit its mistakes and take advantage of the possessions it gets because I don't think that once you give the ball to West, they're going to want to run it, churn it, you know, burn that clock down and, uh, and take it, you know, these 10-play, 80-yard, six-minute mm-hmm. drives and score. Yeah, that's that's no knock to Grandview's defense. That's just how good, especially up front, that this West Trojan offense is. And you know, on the flip side, for a quick second with their defense, they've given up 14 points in the last four games, Kenny, including last week. At unbelievable. There's not even a word to describe. 89 to nothing over Maple last week. That game was 76 nothing at halftime, Kenny, and just absolute domination. The week before. Uh, I believe it was Life Oak Cliff that they played. I'm not sure, but it was one of the Dallas schools, and they beat them by like 51 to nothing or something like that. Their defense has been unbelievable, and I, they've just been, been playing complimentary football. Yeah, and you look at that May Pearl score, and you're like, well, they ran the score. Well, I, I don't know if it's five or six. They had five or six pick sixes. Yeah. So when a kid picks off a ball – you can't ask him not to go score. Especially you know, that, in the first half. Yeah, yeah. They've been waiting for that all year. You know, mm-hmm. let me get my hands on the ball on defense and take it to the house. So, and that ultimately, uh, Maypearl's coach resigned. So, uh, I don't know who they tabbed to, to run it for the rest of the year. Maypearl's got some thinking to do over there. And uh, I think there's probably going to be uh, some good candidates for that job when it opens up. Because th- those kids over there are competitive. They work hard. Yes. And uh, I'm sure they're going to land on their feet. 
So then, again, coming back to this West Grandview game, this, as we mentioned before, this has become a little rivalry here. The last four times these teams have played, it's split 2-2. Uh, West won back in 2018, and they won last year. In 2019 and 2020, Grandview took both of those. So, again, they're split 2-2 over the last four games, which just makes it more exciting, Kenny, because – you know that you know because of that these games have been competitive, despite the record of what either team might have, and this game's gonna be just like last year. It, it will decide the district champion. This is probably the truest 50-50 pick'em game that we have on our previews this week. I got West by six here, Kenny. West by six. I like Grandview's defense. Mm-hmm. You know they gave up, and Coach Evan will say, you know when they played Glenrose. That Hudson White kid's a monster, just, and, and yeah. we know we knew that. You know? Yes, but uh, Coach Ebner likes his cornerbacks. He thinks they're both lockdown mm-hmm. corners. He's got a really good set of linebackers to kind of neutralize McCutcheon and, and uh, Zane Minen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't think Grandview's going to be able to throw the ball against them like they want to mm-hmm. if if they have to. And I'm going to take Grandview. Yeah, and that's the thing. If Grandview up front defensively can take away the one thing that West wants it to do, and that's run between run between the B-gaps, in between the B-gaps, inside the guards, then, as you as you pointed out with Grandview secondary, that plays to their strength of their defense. Because if you, if you force West to throw against this Grandview secondary, it, it'll more than likely play in Grandview's hands. Because, again, it'll take West out of their comfort zone of throwing it more than they feel like they have to. So it, it'll come down to the trenches, man. But both teams are very stout up front. It's just going to be a great game here. I, I I wish I could be at this one. I really do. But with prior obligations, job and everything, I, it's unfortunate to miss this one. But it'll be a great game to decide the district championship here. And before we move on to our next game, uh, Kenny had a chance to also sit down with the head coach of the Grandview Zebras, as he mentioned before, Coach Ryan Ebner. We'll have that for you right now. All right. I'm here with Coach Ryan Ebner. Head football coach, athletic director for the Grandview Zebras. Coach, we appreciate you hopping on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Appreciate y'all for having us or having me. Uh, you know, just busy. It's a big week for us in, in Zebraland, and uh, we've been blessed with a great year so far. And we're looking forward to this game, and just you know, ready to get to Friday when I finally get here. Well, let's talk about your season so far. Started off with a, a little bit of a hiccup against a really, really good uh, Glenrose team and uh, had a, a big win against Malakoff. Kind of, you know, another question is, you know, these unbalanced district that you kind of find yourself, it's really top-heavy. Uh, how do you keep your guys motivated week in and week out when you know maybe the comp- competition is not what you, you're used to? something that's helped me from I've been a head coach for 18 of the 20 years and some of it was baseball of course but uh, I don't know a lot of things that uh, help me is just you know you get to the mental side of it it's just control what you can control so first and foremost I don't have anything to do with the schedule the UL does that and so you know regardless if it's a really hard one or not so tough one um, you're going to have to play the games regardless so just knowing that, that kind of takes a lot of the edge off, at least for me personally. And then it's just focusing on yourself. We set the kids down after the Malakoff game and just were honest with them and said, you know, there's a lot of these games that you're not going to be getting pushed uh, very hard on. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're not going to like me very much. It's not because I don't love y'all. It's just because we're going to have to put you to the fire ourselves, so to speak. I said Thursday and Friday, those will be y'all's nights. And, uh, you know, have fun and, and get after it, things like that. But we're to expect a lot more precision in things we're doing. It's not just like, oh, okay, well, it'll be all right Friday. We're we're building, you know, for the end of the season when we get a lot more tougher teams. And um, we did a lot more conditioning. We did a lot more good on good, uh, setting uh, situations up. And just try to put them through the hardest practices we could uh, while we had them out there. So, you know, I, I hope it works and helps. And we played sharp on a lot of those games and stayed focused. And, uh, you know, you, you never know till you get to the game. But I felt like those weeks, we, we didn't we didn't uh, get worse by any means. We got, I have a saying, 1% better. I felt like we did that. 
Yes, sir. So, in our preview show, we talked about Grandview, and we talked about we knew you had a good quarterback coming back, <coughs> tremendous uh, player in case in English coming back. One question, and I don't know if it's really a question, but, you know, you had a couple of new running backs in uh, Mr. Castillo and uh, Mr. Casey Cannon. Tell us about those guys and how they've done this year. Well, they've been exceptional. Uh, they're kind of a one-two punch. Uh, Casey gets a little bit more carries. J.J. starts on defense. Casey does, uh, KC does not. Uh, so, you know, it's just – JJ gets is a little bit more tired and, and when Casey can stay fresh, but they both give you a different type of running back. Uh, we knew, I think everybody in Grandview knew we had him. I mean, uh, Leftwich got hurt week three against Godley, so JJ towed to the rock the rest of the year until he got hurt against West, which was game in the 11th week. And uh, Casey was, there was about four or five guys I had on JV last year. Not because they weren't good enough to be on varsity, just because I didn't feel like they'd be getting as sophomores get enough time to for me to keep move them up. I feel like they need to get better because they would start at both ways and never come off the field, which they did. So it was just only a matter of time. And like I, I told those guys at the beginning of the season, when you step onto the – when you put on a strike helmet, speaking of the four, the five JV kids or four JV kids, I said, you're starters. And so J.J. went down. We slipped Casey right in. And, you know, we knew he was going to do a great job, which he has. Um, and so, you know, we knew going into the season we were going to have two, guys, two good running backs back there. And another uh, thing that we talked about in the preview is uh, we really thought you had a really good pair of uh, linebackers, and Mr. Roan and Mr. Price. And it looks like your defense, you know, has played really well uh, when it needed to. Uh, talk. About, let's talk about your defense a little bit. Um, yeah, we had we had some guys returning. Uh, I feel that we're a little better. We got more depth. Um, you know, Cohen Sanders uh, in the starting linebacker, so we had our three guys there. Um, we had some returners at the D-line and, and secondary spots. Uh, we have a young kid in Julio Allen that stepped up and has been a lockdown corner like uh, Kaysen. And so, uh, you know, everybody brings up the Glenros game. I think we could play them 10 out of 10, and it ain't going to matter. We, we still ain't stopped the quarterback. He, I mean, he, and I don't mean that as a – just to us, as just as much as I told Coach Walker after the game, that, that quarterback is phenomenal, and I'm really glad he's graduating. Yeah, he is a tremendous, uh, he, tremendous kid. Yeah, he, he's good. He is just as strong as he is fast. And so, anyways, uh, I just we, – we felt good about that side of the ball, not that we didn't feel good about offense. Um by any means, you've already talked about some of the guys that are really good athletes, but I felt like as a whole, we were going to be pretty good there, and we have. They've, they're they really quick. They're smart kids, man. They play very hard for each other. And uh, just being the D.C. as well as the head coach, it's you know it's one of those you just enjoy being in practice, enjoy putting schemes and stuff like that because uh, they make it fun to, to coach them. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to mention this. Every time I read a clip about a Grandview game, whether it's in the Cleveland paper or whatever, the name Jaleel Allen is always in there. And this and this kid's a freshman. Yes, he's a freshman. <clears throat> he's he's a he's he's a very good athlete. Um, he, he plays on one side of the ball. We he plays off at some, uh, but not a ton. We were very very deep at the receiver spot. We've got about eight guys that um, can make something happen. You know, everybody here is a case, and then so. He definitely gets a lot of attention, uh, but we've got a lot of guys on that side, and so uh, he's a very, it fits the mold of a Casey Top, just a good athlete that has good hands and makes a lot of people miss, and does a really good job. That's awesome. Okay, here we go. This week, you got to go, or Wes has got to come to your house. Uh, what are you expecting out of Coach Woodard and his guys? They're gonna they're gonna be a run first type offense. They've got some big offensive linemen. Uh, they they have a couple backs. Uh, number twenty two being the one that's back, but nine is also quarterback, but runs the ball a ton. And um, anytime you have a running quarterback, it adds an extra bit of adversity to to your defensive plan when you have to plan for you know. There's three types of run. You got a running quarterback. There's the reads. There's the him running it when it's actually designed run, and, the, and then a tailback run. And so it can split your defense in half. And so you know it just and they've got a handful of receivers that uh, you know are capable of running catching at any moment. So the biggest thing that sticks out as front is the run game but led by that big big offensive line up front. Um, and defensively, they're sound. You know, I feel uh, that they do a great job of running around to show you different looks. And again, a lot of the guys are on offensive line or similar defensive guys. Um, they've had to replace some linebackers. 
but everybody knows West. They're they're kind of like us. They just got some JV kids, you know, picking at the bone and ready to get their chance with a strike helmet, and they're they're no different. And so they're just a sound group. And Coach Woodard and his staff did an unbelievable job. You know that you're going to have your plan to stop, but you better have your other plan for what they do, and then a plan on top of that for when they adjust and you adjust. And it's one of those games just fun to coach because you're just both, you know both throwing haymakers at each other. Yeah, and that just starts with the type of players that you got. Well, Coach, we really appreciate you hopping on and uh, wish you all the luck Friday night. And hopefully we get to talk to you uh, on down the line and around the playoffs. That sounds good, man. Anytime. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Grandview Zebras, Ryan Ebner. Thank you again to Coach Ryan Ebner for joining us on the show today as we previewed that matchup before with them and West. Man, again, that's going to be a great matchup. And now let's move on to another great matchup, the second of the games that we're covering this week. That will be including both defending state champions from 3A last year as Franklin takes on Lorena in this one, Kenny. This is another one where you circled it at the beginning of the year and said this is going to be a great game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Franklin... They've given up quite a few points this year. They're on a 24-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, Bryson Washington, uh, Jaden Jackson had a great game last week. Uh, one thing I think Franklin has to do against Lorena is take care of the football. They fumbled mm-hmm. a couple times against yes. Troy, and it kind of cost them there early. And, uh, you know, second half they came out guns a-blazing and, and uh, ran away with it. Uh, you look at Tro- uh, Lorena, uh, a good win against a really tough West team. Uh, they beat La Vega. You know, they're battle-tested, man. They're, they're, those dudes have been through a lot. Jackson Generals, almost 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns uh, passing. I, I'm a big Case and Taylor fan. 1,000 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns. Of course, you got Jaden Porter, the, the, the highly recruited wide receiver, going to Baylor. And on defense, you got Gutshaw, Henry, and then you got a tackling machine in, in Lucas Ragsdale. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the game hinges is how well those guys can play against this uh, Franklin offense and these these defenses are they're fairly similar they both give up exactly 24 points per game and on the flip side of that that just makes the offensive battle more intriguing because Franklin as you mentioned before they're going to run the they're going to want to run the ball and that's no secret everyone knows that and Lorena with that high flying they're actually fairly balanced but they throw it a lot more than Franklin does so that's the offensive styles being so different just makes this game more intriguing as well. And again, with both defenses giving up exactly 24 points per game on each side, that's just that just makes this game so much more intriguing. And you look at you look at last year for Lorena on their state championship run, they only had two losses in that year. And one of those two losses was to this Franklin team. And I can assure you Coach Ray Biles and the Leopards aren't forgetting that. So, you know, They'll uh, and and they're hosting Franklin at home this year too, so that helps as well. They got him in their house with revenge on their minds. Both teams are playing darn good football right now. Who do you have in this one? To me, this is the closest game on the sheet. I agree. And I, you know, I watched the Lorena uh, Cameron Yo game, and Cameron Yo scored on a kickoff return and an interception return, and they were up by twenty-one at one point, and I never. Felt like Lorena was out of it. I was, yeah. you know, they weren't. You know, they 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 made it a close game there at the end. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lorena. I think Lorena can knock off Franklin. I'm going Franklin, man. We've been split all night. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, Franklin, that rushing attack with Bryson Washington, and they got that young sophomore stud as well. His name slips my mind. Did did you have Jaden Jackson? Jaden Jackson. Yeah, he. Their rushing attack is unbelievable. They probably have the best offensive line in Class 3A. and But, again, as you said, Lorena has one of the best front sevens in Class 3A. So that's just a fascinating matchup in and of itself right there. But, yeah, I got Franklin in this one. But it's just I, – I agree with you completely. This probably the closest game of all the games we'll preview this week. And, again, just one of those fascinating matchups between two defending state champions playing each other for a district championship. It's just – Unbelievable! It's going to be a great game for sure. And now we will move on to Class 2A as the 6-1 Granger Lions. Is that right? Oh, I'll just say 6-1 Granger will take on 7-0 Chilton. And, you know, this is a game where Chilton is 
there's no secret. They're dang good. They started that two-game losing skip for Bremen, which we'll touch on in a minute. Chilton has been absolutely dominant. They only give up 13 points per game defensively while scoring 43 points per game on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, Granger, they also beat Bremen last week. So they're a really good team. They're 6-1 and one for a reason, 35 points per game on offense. And they only give up 19 on defense as well. So two fairly evenly matched teams here, both offensively, defensively, number-wise. This would make a fascinating matchup here, Kenny. Yeah, you look at Chilton. They're my favorite to win the district. They just yep. got athletes all over the field. You know, Granger's got a really good running back in uh, McClellan, uh, almost – uh, 1119 yards 16 touchdowns they're going to rely on him heavily to uh, run the ball I'm like I said Chilton's my favorite in that district I'm going to go with Chilton yeah I'm going to go with Chilton as well it'll be a great ball game for sure I just think I'm with you I think Chilton athletically they have a more complete team and although these teams are very similar number wise I think Chilton again just has the more complete team and I think they'll take care of business on the road as well and then our final game of the week nine previews a surprising 6-0 Milano. Boy, they're playing great football right now. And they'll be on the road to take on the aforementioned Bremont Tigers, who have struggled with Lake Kenny, dating back to that Chilton game two weeks ago. They've lost two straight, and, you know, they're just, they seem to have lost their way here since that Chilton lost, Kenny. Yeah, if they're not careful, they'll be in a three-game losing streak. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, Bremont has a really good quarterback in Braylon, Braylon Wortham. Yep. He's thrown for 1,000. He's rushed for 1,100 yards. 19 touchdowns rushing, 14 touchdowns passing. You look at Milano, and they've got a triple threat of running backs mm-hmm. of uh, Millar, Rulez, and Gordon. You know, that all of them have rushed over 550 yards, nine touchdowns, seven touchdowns, 14 touchdowns. I, uh, man, I really, I'm a big Raylan Worthen fan. I've watched a yeah. lot of his highlights. But, man, I think Bremont may be on a three-game skid here. I'm going to go Milano. I'm going to take them as well, and that's off the strength of their defense. Through six games, they've given up nine points per game, and they haven't played many slouches either. As we know, this is a very, very competitive district, and even through district, they've just been dominant. They also score 42 points per game running that wing tee, very similar to what Franklin runs uh, up at the Class 3A level. And – and they run it very well. And they'll pass out of it if they have to. They, they're really good hitting the play-action pass over the top, especially once they get the run game going. They're very big and stout up front, especially for being at the Class 2A level. They're very big up front. I'm with you. I think especially off the strength of their defense, I'll take Milano in this one too. Well, and real quick, you're fixing to find out about Milano, Milano because mm-hmm. they've got Bremont, Granger, and Chilton to end the season. And so oh that's – that's going to be a tough task. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that that all shakes out. I mean, that district is just crazy, man. That's just not – it's not a district that many people are talking about, you know. There's four I mean, teams in that district that have been ranked in the top ten at one point. Mm-hmm. Three of them are in there right now. Mm-hmm. Bremont just fell out last week. Yep. It's just unbelievable district there. It's really fun. And that last three-week stretch for Milano, it's going to be a gauntlet. But, you know, they've been playing really good football lately. they just got to stay consistent and – they could be on their way to a district championship. You never know. I mean, especially if they keep playing the way, the way they are defensively, that could be a very good chance for them. But look, looking at this week, I'll take Milano on the road to take care of business here. And now our week nine pickems, Kenny. What are the standings after – or what are the results of week eight and what are the standings after well, such? Week eight uh... – wasn't myself or Mr. Black's best week. No, and I really didn't have a good week either. So week eight, six, six, and ten. You had six. Jay had six. I had ten. So that brings our final to you have 81. Jay has 79. And I've got 84. Kenny, you I'll let you that? double check the uh, scoring because uh, I, I don't doubt that I might miss no, one I, here I, there. No, I, I trust you. I trust you wholeheartedly. Yeah, and look at you coming back. You yeah, were, you were yeah. down the I first. I was down weeks. there for a while. I, I about give it up. And then again, as we mentioned before, this is probably the hardest slate of games to to pick for the pick'em. But we'll start with a really intriguing matchup in Class Six A District Twelve, as the Bryan Vikings travel over to Hewitt to take on the Midway Panthers. Who do you have in this one, Kenny? I got Brian. I'll take Midway in this one. What does Mr. Black say? He had Brian as well. 
Temple at Colleen Harker Heights. This matchup is for the district championship yeah, over there in that in that same District 12. Who does Mr. Black have in this He's one? got Temple. You? I'm going to go Temple as well. I'm going to take Harker Heights in this one, which will be – it'll be a really exciting matchup. Then one of the games we mentioned before, Lake Belton at Midlothian. I'm going to stick with Midlothian here. Jay has Midlothian. I'm going to go Lake Belton. Leander Rouse at University. University still playing for a playoff spot. Their first one since 2009. They're going to – I think they're going to – and Leander Rouse, they haven't really been what we expected at the beginning of the season. I mean – both teams, same exact record, three and four overall, two and one in district play. And Leander Rouse's two district wins are Pflugerville Connolly and Colleen Chaparral. So, University being back at home too. I'll take University in this one. Uh, what what say you and Mr. Black? Uh, we've got Rouse, both of us. Stephenville at China Spring. Who do you have in this one? Uh, China Spring for me, China Spring for Mr. Black. China Spring across the board then. The Battle of the Villes, Madisonville at Gatesville. I'll take Gatesville in this one. Gatesville across the board. West at Grandview. Who's Mr. Black having this one? Mr. Black has the T West comma Trojans. I I agree with him. I'll take West as well. And I got the Zebras. Tig at Grosbeck. Who do you have in this one? I got Teague. I'll take Teague as well. And... Mr. J. Black. He's got the goats. Ah, interesting. And another game we mentioned before, Franklin at Lorena. I'll stick with my gut here, and I will take the Lions. Mr. Black is with you, and I'm going to go with the uh, Leopards. Blooming Grove at Mildred. I'll, t- I'll take Blooming Grove. I'll take the Lions in this one. I'm going to go with BG myself, and Jay has Mildred. Cayuga at Italy. Italy coming off that... Really tough loss to an Axel team that has really rose to the occasion. Those that Axel team now on a three-game winning streak. This would be a great bout. Both teams are really good defensively. I'll take K- Kuga on the road, however. Yeah, that'll be Kuga across the board. Moody at Riesel. I'll take Matt Hurst squad, the Bearcats. You got Moody. Jay has Rizel. My cousin called it Rizel one day. <laughs> Rizel. She lives down in Conroe, and she was coming up here. And I said, "Where are you at?" I'm in Rizel. I'm like, where in the heck is Rizel? I'm going to go Moody. Uh, Mr. And Jay Bart. has Rizel. Rizel, love that. Wortham at Mart. I think Wortham makes it close for a quarter, maybe a half, but Mart will pull away in this one. I agree, and so does Mr. Black. Granger at Chilton. I will stick with Chilton again. Chilton. Across the board. Milano at Bremont. I will take the stifling defense of Milano. I'm not a big fan of their pizza, so I'm going with... <laughs> I'm going with... Although I'm not a big fan of their pizza, I'm going with Milano's too. So you got Milano, right? Or I, I, I have Milano. And then, I don't know. Is it Milano or Milano? I've heard both with the weird pronunciations that a lot of people have for all the towns across the state. Milano sounds more likely to me. I feel like Milano is uh, too Italian. Milano is more Texan. Probably. It's kind of like Rio and Rio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great comparison. Rio and Rio. So it's Milano, and Mr. Black had Milano, or did he have Bremont? He had Bremont. And you do as well. No, I've got Milano. Milano. Okay. Although I don't like their pizza. That's that's fair. Real that, quick before we leave, uh, I got a trick question for you. Give me. Your Central Texas pound for pound top five teams. Oh man, pound for pound. So, pound for pound, I will take Mart at number one. I will take China at number two. Give me Crawford at number three. Lorena at four. Hmm. Guess, man, this is tough. Guess I'll go. I'm trying to think Greater Waco area here. You know, I'll just say I'll say Stephenville at five. So Mart, Mart, China, Crawford, uh, Lorena. I already forgot what the fourth one was. Well, you said Stephenville. Do we really consider them? Central? Yeah. Not really Central Texas. 
Yeah. You'll have to come back to me on that one. I got Mark, Crawford, China. Mm, sorry, top three here. Lorena. Actually, I got Grandview. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about Lorena and four points behind Lorena, I got West. Because wasn't that a four point twenty to sixteen? I think it was a 15 So I, I think I think that game is five one way. If they played ten times, I think West Lorena is five one way, five the other. So I agree. Yeah, well, you know, Franklin. Golly, forgot about Franklin. Franklin's more Brazos what about Valley, though. Yo- and Cameron Yo, they probably need to be in that top ten too. Yeah. Top five. I just think so there's so many good teams. I think that you have state championship favorites with Mark Crawford and. If Chai Spring wins this week, they're mm-hmm. probably going to be a favorite. Prohibitive, yeah. Good yeah, teams here. My, my final list, I'll go Mark, China, Crawford, Lorena. And, you know, I'll go West. I'll go West to number five. What team in the area do you think is going to surprise some people in the playoffs? You know, we know about these stud programs, but who's a, maybe on the radar? Sleeper? Or who's somebody that's in a district with a Crawford or a Mark or something like that that you think has a chance? You know, it's it'd be hard to say they're surprised because they went four rounds deep last year. But I think still people are still kind of discrediting them. I'll go Wortham. Yeah. I think you know that they'll battle Mart this week, and la- they played twice last year. They played each other in district, and that was for the district championship last year too. And then they met again in the fourth round. I think the same exact thing is going to happen this year. I, I think Wortham's, even though they're a darn good football team, they're seven and one for a reason. But yeah, I think I think Mart. I think Wortham will make a deep run again this year. I like Wortham and Dawson. That's going to be a fun game at the end of the oh, year, Wortham and Dawson. Dawson. So, oh. I think two of those those teams, you know, you may have – I don't know how the seeding is going to fall and who's going to be top of the bracket and bottom, but you may have three teams from that district do, you know, two or three games deep. Gosh. Yeah, I'll probably go with Wortham. Well, what's, your, what's your final answer for surprise in the playoffs? I'm, I'm with you, Wortham, Dawson, one of those one of those one two of those teams. Two. You know, because Dawson beat a really good Asta team who's a, a classification bigger than them. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was a close game, but, you know, beat a, they beat a Blooming Grove. No, who beat uh, – Blooming Grove beat Wortham, Wortham beat Blooming Grove, one of the two. Yeah, we'd have to research that one, but I mean, either way, that's the, a small two-a school, though, and I think both those teams are pretty darn good. I mean, Dawson's got a great case to be just the surprise of the season. You know, who saw them with a freshman quarterback coming out here and yeah. starting at what six and zero, seven and zero? Yeah, and then uh, Bloomingdale beat Wortham by nine. So you know, that's mm-hmm. a it's a decent. That's two a against three a. Yep, that's a decent three uh, a team. Yeah. It, yeah, I'll probably go wear them, but yeah, those Central Texas football, man. I'm, I'm glad this is the part of the state that we get to cover because, as you mentioned before, there's probably four to six teams that could be favorites to make a state title run. I mean, Crawford, Mart, China Spring, especially as you said, if they beat Stephenville, and don't, Franklin, Lorena, yeah, don't, yeah, West, kind of, Grandview. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of great teams, especially at the. 2A through 4A especially, just crazy, crazy good football teams. And if you wanted to stretch out, Glen Rose, uh, mm-hmm. Toller, not too far from Steamville. Yeah. Some good football being played, man. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a joy to cover, that's for sure. But that'll do it for us here for episode 10. Wow, I can't believe we're 10 episodes deep already. But, again, that'll do it for us. Special thanks to our guest today, Matt Stepp, for his question of the week. Hey, real quick. Uh, we always thank Matt, but he, like, I barely, like, I was Twitter, like, I'd send, ask him a question every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate dude, we were just two dudes saying, hey, we're going to start a podcast. Do you want to answer a question? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. So thanks, dude. Thanks, Matt, for yeah, every doing week. that, man, because uh, I don't know if I would have if I had all that stuff going on. I was like, yeah, hey, some some dude wants me to answer a question on a podcast, but we appreciate it. Yeah, he's just great guy. Amazing insight every week as always. I mean, he's an expert. He's he's like Greg. His mind's a steel trap. He's so much knowledge for Texas high school football. We really appreciate his weekly insight to every question that we ask him regarding Central Texas football. We really appreciate that. And also, thanks again to, to Greg. That that man's one of the busiest men in the Texas high school football you know, media team, if not the busiest. So we appreciate him taking uh, 10, 12 minutes out of his day to talk with Kenny 
about uh, the games we talked about today. Great insight from him, as always. That that man's mind is a steel trap. Texas High School Football Encyclopedia. We appreciate him joining us as well. Also with Coach Tyler Beatty of China Spring and Coach Ryan Ebner of Grandview. Thank you to you guys for joining us as well. And thank you for tuning in. And, I mean, you guys still listening, we're here to Episode 10, man. It's been a fun journey so far. We really do appreciate it. Playoffs are just ahead, Kenny. We're we're down the final stretch here. Yeah, we're going to have to plan some kind of big playoff preview. Maybe get back to the Hall of Fame and hang out with Jay. Got to do that. And uh, do a big preview show. It'll be awesome. Great plans here at the Central Texas Football Podcast for you guys. Make sure to keep listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CTFP Podcast. Uh, spread the word and our, our website as well on PodServe. The link is linked to our, all of our links, our website. You can email us at CTFPPodcast at gmail.com. Again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CTFPPodcast. And our links and all the social media pages will have all of our links, our, our streaming page, our website. You can email us once again. Just keep spreading the word and keep listening. We really do appreciate it, guys. And once more, that'll do it for us. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy week nine of the Texas high school football season.